Every team, every topic, everywhere. This is Believe. I want to hear cannons. Outfield, pull up, ball to the five, touchdown, Tampa Bay. My Gubbins does it again. Fire the cannons, Bucks. It's first and goal. That's picked off. That's picked off. And who else? Rondé Barber. And the Tampa Bay Buccaneers may ride to the Super Bowl with that one. Third down, 18. Dropping Gannon, looking Gannon, looking Gannon. Those up with it. Hands in the Hello and welcome back, Bucks fans, to a brand new episode of the Cannon Fire Podcast. I'm your host, as always, Rhett Matthew. Joined alongside me, my good buddy and co-host from BucksNation.com, Evan Wanish. And we are live today on YouTube. Phones are on for this show, so if you do feel like calling in, the number to call, 305-224-1968, the meeting ID on your screen. Now, Evan, today, I'll cut right to the chase. I wanted to continue a conversation that we had started on Sunday but didn't fully dive into, and it has to do with the quarterback, Baker Mayfield, probably a guy that most people are paying the closest attention to on this Bucks roster week in and week out, and a guy who obviously has some of the most pressure to step up and perform. I mean, he's not the only player on the team looking for a long-term contract, but at the quarterback position, people are going to be extra critical, and they certainly have been of Baker this year. But I want to beg the question, should the Tampa Bay Buccaneers, based off of what we've seen so far, through 10 games of football, should the Tampa Bay Buccaneers commit to Baker Mayfield in the long term with an extension here in Tampa Bay? That's ultimately what he's playing for. He's playing for pennies on the dollar this season. The Bucks got him for a bargain. And I would argue he really has not been playing that bad so far this season, all things considered. We're going to break down the pros and cons. And if you would like to call in and share your two cents on the potential future quarterback of the Tampa Bay Buccaneers, we'd love to hear from you. 2,389 yards, 15 touchdowns, 6 interceptions, and a QBR of 55.2, which is 15th in the NFL. I will say this. I've said it since the beginning of the season. Baker Mayfield is an easy guy to root for. He's proven to be a guy who is resilient, which is a trait that you love to have in a starting quarterback. He's not going to give up. He's going to stand in the pocket. He's going to take the hits that he needs to. He's going to get physical. He's going to tuck it and run and throw down his shoulder for the extra two yards to make that costly conversion at the end of the game. He's a team player. His teammates seem to like him. Doesn't seem to be an issue as far as, you know, any drama in the locker room or, or things of that nature. And as far as what the Bucks have asked him to do in this offense, again, I'd argue with where the offense is through the first 10 games of football, with a run game that's barely helped and, you know, everything else, the, the first-year coordinator and Dave Canales, some inconsistencies in the offensive play calling. And I mentioned, again, a run game that just can't quite get going. You know, those are all the things that Baker has done well. He's proven to me a couple of times this season that he can step up in the big moment and make that game-winning drive. It's unfortunate that the few times he has done it, the Bucks couldn't pay him back. You know, the late touchdown to Kate Otten against Houston. Now, he did have that same opportunity against Atlanta two separate times, and the offense couldn't do much of anything there, so that's another thing to take into consideration. But, you know, we'll get into the bad things as well that you see game to game. But, Evan, overall, through the first 10 games, your impression of Baker Mayfield? Yeah, I mean, 
there's been more there's been more good than bad for sure um you know at the same time you do see them uh i would say i guess the you know those inconsistencies uh from now uh every now and then uh you know the detroit game talked about you know some of the particular games the detroit game missed a lot of guys down the field which his deep ball this season if there's one area where you could say he's been like bad in it's been the deep ball he hasn't really been able to hit it that much at all this season um if he had i'm sure his stats probably look a lot better than the bucks maybe have another win or two so uh who knows what happens in that detroit game i think he missed trey palmer twice uh missed chris godwin down the field i think so um who knows what happens in that game, but you're right. I mean, you you know, give credit where it's due. The Bucks should have another win right now because Baker Mayfield, while, yeah, he came up short against the Falcons and had that, the late interception, right? Was able to redeem himself, right? Got them down to, to kick the field goal to tie the game. Uh, but then he also... Yeah, drove them down against Houston and scored the the touchdown to take the lead. And, you know, when you had the league with 46 seconds left, you're expecting that to be a win pretty much, and it, and it wasn't. So, obviously, that's not on him. So, I, I do think that there's been more good than bad. However, at the same time, you, you can see the limitations. Um, I think you can see the limitations in the offense. Uh, I think – the ceiling with Baker Mayfield as your starting quarterback, the, your ceiling is limited. Um, you can't, you're not going to be a top 10 offense. Right. And I, I just, I don't know. Like we look at, Oh, the bucks can't beat bad. can't beat good teams. And I think part of the reason isn't necessarily it's because they're losing because of Baker Mayfield, right? They lost the Eagles because of Baker Mayfield. They lost the lions because of Baker Mayfield. They lost to the 49ers because of Baker Mayfield. Not really saying that. However, against those really good teams, you need a, a guy who's going to elevate the other guys on offense, right? And I just, to me, Baker Mayfield is sort of like what Dave Canales described, sort of like a point guard, right? Almost like a game manager at this point. And, you know, I understand the Bucs won a Super Bowl with Brad Johnson. They also had an elite defense, which they don't have now. Uh, I just don't know in today's NFL if you're going to win a Super Bowl with a game manager or a quarterback. So that, I think, is the question. Um, I, I think that where, you know, when you're evaluating it, when you're evaluating it at the end of the season, I think that's what you have to think about. Um, you know, Baker's fine. Like, you know, he, he's not. You can do worse. Um, you can certainly do worse. But should you be looking for better, right? Should you be looking to take that swing? Most likely in the draft. I mean, if you look at the free agent quarterbacks for this upcoming season, besides Kirk Cousins, who I, I just don't think, you know, I just don't think they're going to want to shell out the cap space uh, to get him. Uh, besides Kirk Cousins, I mean, Baker Mayfield might be the second best quarterback on the market, maybe. Um, so the the free agent options are limited so you'd be looking at the draft and taking taking a swing on a guy and we can get into names throughout this show and we're going to have plenty of time to do that throughout the sea off season as well so um but yeah i think that's what you have to balance is is baker good enough to where if you put another piece you know you get a better guard or you get a better tight end or you know you prove prove a little bit on your defense would you be able um, you know, to to win consistently with Baker Mayfield. I think that's the question you have to ask. And 
Throughout his career, the answer's been no, honestly. I mean, that's why he's on his fourth team in a year. That's why he's in Tampa right now, or else he wouldn't have gotten away from Cleveland. Um, but so far, so good. I mean, that being said, I mean, the, the record still is four and six. And, like, if the NFC South wasn't a complete, like, dumpster fire, they probably have no shot at the playoffs right now. So, at the same time, I think it's all about keeping things into perspective that they can do worse, but can strive to be better if they, if they truly want to get to where where they need to get to. Yeah, some of the inconsistencies you spoke to in Baker's game, some of the bad that you see week in and week out, while we haven't seen it in a couple of weeks, if I'm not mistaken, uh, batted passes at the line of scrimmage has definitely been an issue so far this season. It's, it seems like this season, more than uh, some recent ones I have watched, it happens a lot. And I don't know if that's something that's that, that's going to be fixed. I think that's just who Baker is. But you also talked about his potential ceiling in Tampa Bay. And, and honestly, I just rattled off the stats. This season, arguably, he's playing some of the best statistical football of his career. But, you know, back to the eye test, you talk about the limited ceiling he may have. And, and I can understand what you mean as far as, like, we've seen the best that he can offer. You know, if, if this is the best statistical football he's playing in the NFL throughout his career and the Bucs are still a 4-6 and six football team, what does that actually say about Baker Mayfield at the quarterback position. Now, from the perspective of what this offense has given him, you know, there's not a lot of quarterbacks who can be successful if they don't have an effective run game or a consistent offensive line or just a good supporting cast. I mean, the Bucs have Mike Evans and Chris Godwin who are more than capable at wide receiver one and two, but you point to the weakness in the tight end room. You point to the inconsistency in the run game. You know, historically bad. I mean, the Bucs is an offense this year. I think they're 30th in scoring. 32nd in total yards, if I'm not mistaken, floating around dead last. I know that for sure. So there's been a lot of underwhelming statistics about this offense. So, like, I, I guess you just have to take it from both points of view. Like, Baker's playing some of the best football of his career in an offense that is awful when you compare them to the rest of the league. But if this is really the best football of his career, we talk about that limited ceiling, you're kind of left with, you know, ultimately at the end of the year, you're going to be left wanting more. And I don't know if Baker's the guy who can consistently give that to you because in the NFL, especially now nowadays more than ever, you're going to need a top 10 quarterback in this league if you're going to win football games. It's as simple as that. Right. And and, and it again, Baker Mayfield can, can win you the games against the teams that are mediocre and, and, and bad. You know, is he going to win every game against a mediocre team? Probably not. Like, I think we saw that. I think the Falcons are pretty mediocre. The Bucs didn't win that one. But I think the Vikings are pretty mediocre, and the Bucs won that one. So, um, you know, he's going to be able to to beat some mediocre teams. He's going to be able to beat most bad teams. But that's okay when you're making $4 million a year like he is. You know, we're, we're talking about, and that is the big thing. You're talking about a contract extension, right? You're talking about, okay, should Baker Mayfield return to Tampa? If he does, it's I'd be shocked, shocked if it was one, if it was another one year deal. And two, if it was at four million or even ten million. Like I think he's gonna get at least fifteen million a year. At least. Um so that's the that's the tough thing. It's fine when he's making four million, but when he starts eating into more of your cap space, you're paying a guy to win you that game against San Francisco. Right. And it wasn't all on him, but like, you know, you're paying him to win that Falcons game. Right. I, so that's the tough thing to me. And we talk about, 
there's a lot of um before the season, there was a lot of, well, if he can have a, a Geno Smith type resurgence, right? If he can be Geno Smith, Dave Canales from Seattle, you know, Geno Smith. Geno Smith's a great example. Uh, Geno Smith obviously didn't sign the deal that, that Baker did. Geno Smith signed like a one-year deal for like 800K in Seattle. And then he proved himself, right? And he was a great player, made the Pro Bowl um, and and earned himself a contract extension, a three-year uh, $75 million extension. His cap hit for this year is 10, $10.1 million. His cap hit for the next two years uh, is 31.2 in 2024 and 33.7 in 2025. Would you be comfortable paying Baker Mayfield that? Like, I, I just, I, I don't, I don't know. Um, I, I just, I personally, I probably wouldn't. Um, so I think that's the thing. And I don't know if Baker Mayfield's going to cost that much. Like I just, I, I don't, I don't think he's going to cost that, that much. I think you'll get him a little bit cheaper than that, but I think that's a decent baseline. I think you're looking at something two years, 40 mil, two years, 45 mil, three years, 60 mil, something along those lines of 20 a year, maybe close to 22 a year. Um, and I just don't know if that's smart team building. So especially with if especially if you miss the playoffs, if you make the playoffs, that's one thing. If you miss the playoffs though, and you're picking in the top 10, 11, 12, and this quarterback class is sitting there, I just I would much rather a rookie quarterback who's only taken up a small percentage of my cap rather than Baker Mayfield taking up, you know, 20 million. A lot of people are going to be curious not only about where the Bucks land in the draft this season as there still is plenty of football left, but what kind of quarterback they can actually get if they end up with a mid-first-round pick like a lot of people expect because if they're still on pace to win the NFC South, which I think they are, I ultimately think either them or New Orleans at this rate end up winning a very ugly NFC South at like seven or eight wins on the year. Uh, and that, you know, that depends on the Bucks going on a little bit of a run here in the second half of the season, too, to finish with eight wins. But, you know, I, I think that with all things considered, let's assume they're going to be picking between eight and 15, somewhere in there. That that That's my prediction. What kind of quarterback can they realistically get? Because you hear all types of rumors. You hear about, you know, Caleb Williams, unsure if he's ultimately going to be QB1, not sure if he comes back to USC for another season. Shador Sanders could very well stay at Colorado. You know, there's some more draft-ready guys who I fully expect to be in this class. Drake May, Bo Nix, but I don't know if they're going to be options for the Bucs. Michael Penix is a name that I don't know why, but as the more time goes on, they talk about him being a potential day-two quarterback. So so realistically, Evan, what do you think kind of options are going to be on the table for the Bucs uh, picking where they ultimately end up, which, uh, again, I, I think is in that sweet spot of anywhere from eight to like 16. Yeah. I mean, when you look at the top of, uh, of the projected draft order right now, obviously we have a, you know, what eight games or whatever remaining. So this is could change or eight or seven games, whatever. Um, but I mean, you got a lot of teams that have need quarterbacks. Um, there's a lot of teams that need quarterbacks. Good thing for those teams is that this is one of the best quarterback classes I've ever seen. Uh, I, yeah, I do expect Caleb Williams is coming out, um, and he's going to be in their one overall pick. It, it, people ask me like, okay, like, you know, is Drake May actually going to be maybe like QB one? And I'm like, no, I'm like. Caleb Williams is still my QB one, but Drake may has made the gap a little bit smaller. Uh, so I expect Drake may to, to be the second quarterback off the board. And then after that, yeah, you're looking at uh, Bo Nix, 
probably being the next guy off the board. Uh, if the Bucks were at eight, maybe, but like I said, with all the QB needy teams that are probably going to be at the top of the order, I don't know if Bo Nix would be available at eight. Um, but I and Shador Sanders, I fully expect to go back to school. Um, I just think, like I talked about with this quarterback class, I think Shador Sanders has a chance to be the top quarterback in 2025. So, um, I, I think he has a real shot at that. So, I think he would just go back. Um, you have Michael Penix there, and I, I do think, and I know like some injury concerns and stuff about him being a day two pick, but I think ultimately, when everything comes to a head and draft day rolls around, he'll be a first round pick. Um, so I think Michael Penix, JJ McCarthy from Michigan is another name that I think could be available. And then Jaden Daniels from LSU, who a lot of people thought he would be probably a second or third round pick. Now he's like playing like a Heisman candidate. So actually he might win the Heisman. So he is, is getting into conversations. Uh, the Bucks actually, the Bucks liked Jaden Daniels last year. He could have came out last year, decided to return to school. So the Bucks, I think, were a little bummed about that. But um, we'll see if they like him again this year. We'll see if they like him enough to use a first round pick. I, I don't think the Bucks were prepared to use a first round pick on Jane Daniels last year. So, uh, but that may be what it takes. I mean, especially if you're sitting at, let's say, 11, right? 11th overall. By that point, I think Williams, May, and Knicks are probably definitely gone. Uh, and then you're left with maybe McCarthy, but I think Penix or Daniels should still be there. And that point you got away, you know, and but the tough thing is free agency's already happened. So Baker Mayfield has probably either already re-signed with the Bucks or found an- another team. And that's the tough thing. You don't want to pigeonhole yourself into something. Yeah, that's the follow-up question I had is what kind of situation do they have if they ultimately take a QB at pick number 10? I, I mean, at that point... A first-round quarterback, you can't have another Kyle Trask on the roster. You can't. At this point, I think we can full-on admit that that was a wasted draft pick. Jason Light made a mistake. I understand it may have been the right pick in the moment, but if he ends up never playing a down, it doesn't matter. It does not matter, especially when you're a team who is searching for answers at the quarterback position once you lose Tom Brady, and Kyle Trask is really not even considered in the slightest because, let's be honest, as soon as they sign Baker, that quarterback battle was done. So if you draft a first-round quarterback and you still have Baker on the roster, I don't know if it's a two-year, $15 million a year kind of thing, if it's a another one-year rental, which could be the case, depending on Todd Bowles being back or not. Um, is this is this a guy that you draft in the first round and you know from the beginning it's, it's full speed ahead, this is our guy, we are committed, or do you kind of, I don't want to say make a mockery of the quarterback competition, but you kind of dress it up a little bit for training camp and say, oh, you know, we're going to we're gonna pick the best guy week one, and it ultimately ends up being your rookie QB either way. Yeah, it, it's tough. Like, because you're right. Like, and you don't even want, like, a Jordan Love situation where you're, you know, your first rounder's sitting, right? Like, you need your first rounder to contribute, especially when you're picking in the top 15. Um, that is that has to be a contributor. Uh, when when you're you know the Bucks and you pick Joe Tryon Shoinka, you know in in the first round, it's a little different, right? It was thirty second overall. The Bucks still had Shaq Barrett, and Jason Pierre Paul, and it was a good situation for Joe Tryon Shoinka to enter. Um, in this case, though, I mean, I imagine if you're taking a quarterback at eleventh overall or tenth overall, I have to imagine he's your, he's your starter, like. I just I I would have to imagine that um you know but 
the same time, like if Baker Mayfield's back on a multi-year deal, like, you know, I, I just hope that let's say they sign him to a two-year deal, right? Let's say two years, 20 mil a year, straightforward. The one hope that I have is that they don't say, well, we really like this quarterback. We, we man, Bo Nix fell to 10 and we love Bo Nix, but we got Baker Mayfield. No, like, like at that rate, like, Forget about Baker Mayfield and the two years that he has. You got to get your guy for the next 10. You know, that's what you have to worry about. And those chances are rare. Like, you don't have too many chances to draft a quarterback in the first round. Yeah. I mean, the Bucs, the Bucks for all their quarterbacks that they've had, how many have been drafted in the first round by them since, like, 2000? You know, I mean, what, Jameis Winston, Josh Freeman. You know, th- those are the only two, I believe, right, that have been drafted in the first round. And it- it's rare. Right. It is it is just they've won two Super Bowls with two free agent quarterbacks. It's time for them to get their franchise drafted guy. Um, so we'll see. I also think like the structure of the Mayfield contract would matter. Uh, whereas like, you know, if it's like, oh, a two year deal, but like it, it's kind of easy to get out of. Yeah, like if they need to cut him after year one, like they can do that. Then you maybe you say, All right, we'll start Baker the first five games of the season, and then we'll throw Michael Penix in, you know, and then something like that. Um, so we'll have to but wait and see, but I just, I, I, don't, I don't know if it's going to be the only two. Right? They've been drafted You're on the air with the Can Fire podcast. What's your name? Brian Goody. How you doing? How you doing there, buddy? Good. How you doing, man? Man, not too bad. Hey, listen, man. Uh, Baker Mayfield is definitely a proven commodity. You, you ain't going to replace him in the draft. You don't think so? No, definitely not. I've been – listen, man, I, I'm from Ohio. I followed uh, Baker Mayfield with the Cleveland Browns. Listen, man, uh, with Baker, you know, he, he he's a great with the bootleg. He's good with, uh, you know, a good defensive backs. You know what I mean? Like, uh, you know, he had Nick Chubb, Kareem Hunt there, very productive. Took the Browns to the playoffs. Imagine that. Browns never been to playoffs since 1994. So, you know, with that in mind, he's got a lot of credentials, you know. And, uh, yeah, everybody thinks you got to build a team around Baker. But in a sense, you do. But, however, you know, uh, he's a really good, accurate, uh, deep passer. I mean, uh I don't see any discrepancies or any flaws with him. I mean, you know, um, he's definitely the best quarterback that we have, uh, you know, in the, uh, in the NFC, uh, South. I mean, a lot better than Derek Carr. Yeah. I'll... Desmond Ritter. I mean, that's not, that's not saying a whole lot, but you know, He's proven you ain't, you ain't going to find anybody better in the draft. I mean, I, I think with his stats and everything moving forward, uh, yeah. Um, you know, some, he's, in, he, he's, some inconsistencies in the deep passing game, but, you know, I'm, I'm kind of on board with what you're saying as far as I, I think it's easy to buy into the ceiling that he does have because you, you bring up, you know, his best statistical season with the Browns that year they went to the playoffs – uh, the backfield that he had, some of the most efficient running backs in the NFL, I'm sure, without even looking at the stats, they were a top 10 rushing offense in the league. The Bucks are dead last this season. And even though Rashad White has had a bit of a resurgence in the receiving game, 
he's still not the running back that they need for first and second down in order to set up those short yardage situations. Now, with the year that Baker's already had, the stats that he has, you know, uh, 2,000-plus yards, 15 touchdowns, only a handful of interceptions, one of them being a deflection, you know, he does have a couple of dropped picks. Obviously, you can't ignore that, but I think if you give him a competent run game this year, we're talking about his statistics potentially being even better. So, so I totally get what you're saying, and I think if you know, I, I think if he, I agree. If he, yeah, if he yeah, had a run no game doubt, year, man. The but um, changes. hey, whatever. You know the uh, you know the running back that the Jets um, um, put off on waivers and stuff. Uh, why didn't we uh, jump for him? Like. So, you know, uh, Rashad White's awesome, don't get me wrong, but he's more of a, a passer. You know what I mean? Like a uh, great catcher and all that, but he he just doesn't he just doesn't see the field. Um, you know, like your Kareem Hunt or your, you know what I mean. Uh, yeah, um obviously uh you know, the great uh, you know, potential backs and stuff that uh he's inherited with the Browns, but you know, he he's obviously moved on. Uh, you know, now he's with with a great team, but we just need to, to improve. You know, with the running game, if you will. You know, uh, you know, uh, mock mock is awesome and all that, but I just think that our offensive line is just built for the pass protection, if you will, uh, versus the running attack. So, like, if we can just. Uh, you know, maintain, you know, healthiness and, and, uh, yeah. And, uh, you know, uh, uh, put Chase Edmonds on there or just, uh, I don't know, look through some free agencies and, and just build the, uh, running tack with Baker. I, I think he will prevail, but let's not, not give up on him, man. I mean, you know, uh, he, he's, he's definitely, again, a proven commodity, but uh, we we just need to bear with him. Uh, I mean, he, he's pretty accurate. I mean, you know, you got to give you got to give it to him, man. Like like I said, I followed him with the Cleveland Browns, man, and uh, I'm I'm a very patient man. Like, but like in 2020, man, it was it was a good year. But um, you know, but he was playing with a bunch of divas, like. <laughs> I'm not going to go there, but I'm sure you understand if you followed uh, Baker's uh, path and, and career. But I think he he excelled with the Rams. But he's only as good as uh, you know um, the coaches and uh, yeah, and and chemistry as well. So I mean, what's your view on that? No, I'll let I, you go. I, I get it, man. We appreciate you calling in. I'm going to answer your question and let you go here. But good talking to you, Brian. Go Bucks, buddy. Man, I could have let him go the whole show. Uh, You know, as far as what he had talked about, getting some help in that running game, I do think that is valid. And and kind of back to the point that I made with him on the phone, uh, Michael Carter, by the way, that ex-Jets running back that he was talking about that ultimately the Bucs tried to pick up on waivers, from what I understand, the Bucs did put a claim, but they just were not the first team to get him, and uh, he ends up landing somewhere else. But, you know, what are your thoughts to that argument as, you know, Listen, if if you give Baker a run game and you give him what he had the year that he played best in Cleveland in this offense, I mean, hell, if the Bucks have a marginally better run game, we're talking about potentially a much better year for Baker. So so what are your thoughts on that? How good does the team need to be for you to win? You know, like 
your team's going to have weaknesses though. Like that's the yeah. thing. Like, okay. Oh, the run game needs to be really a top five run game. And the Browns also had a really good defense that year too. Like, so your entire team has to be so good around one guy for him to succeed. That's my thing. And that's why I talk about being an elevator, right? Tom Brady, Tom Brady scored 33 points in the Super Bowl with like Chris Hogan as his wide receiver too. Like that's an elevator, you know, like that, that is a dude who is going to elevate and make people around him better. I, 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 I think Baker, Baker Mayfield is fine. I'm not saying he's bad. I just don't think he's that type of guy. And look, if, if you want that, if you want to see how it plays out, that that's fine, right? If you want to put a few more pieces around him, maybe find another guard, find another center, maybe get a running back to pair with Rashad White, maybe get a tight end, something like that. You know, you add a, a pass rusher on defense, you add another safety, see how, you know, and see if the defense improves, see how if the offensive line improves, the run game improves, and see how it goes. Okay, that's fine. However, I also think you need to sort of accept in your mind that there's going to be limitations at the quarterback position. Like there just is, there's a reason that he is on his fourth team in a year. Like, like there is, but, there's not just no reason for that. And I totally get what you're saying. And, and, and I don't want to come in with the perspective of, oh, we'll just give Baker an all-star team and he can play. Cause I, I get it. Like most quarterbacks in the NFL, if you give them an all-star supporting cast, they're going to be. Uh, a little bit better than advertised. I think there's a, Q, a few QBs in the league like that already, if I'm being honest. But answer this question. If you give Baker Mayfield a marginally better run game, and by marginally better, I mean instead of 32 out of 32, we're talking 16 out of 32. Instead of averaging 60 yards a game, they're averaging 85 yards a game. How much better of a season do you think he has through 10 games? I think it's pretty cool. I mean, how, how many more wins does this Bucks team have? Maybe one or two. Like, trying. I'm trying to think of the games. Like, they they still not beating San Francisco. Like, they're probably they're still not beating Philly. They're probably not still not beating, beating Detroit. Yeah. Like, it, it's not it's not like that much of a difference. Where oh, all those games are you know, like it's not that much of a difference. But like. Yeah, you know, I, I would say that oh, they probably beat Houston, but at the same time, like they scored thirty-seven points against Houston, like the offense wasn't an issue, so they probably still lose to Houston. Um, and I don't know, you probably beat Atlanta. So you have, you have one more win. Like I just, I, I don't know, I, just to me. I, I get it, right? And, and he would be better. But, you know, statistically, though, I think his stats would be pretty similar. I would yeah, 15 touchdowns, six picks or something like that. Um, you know, his stats would be pretty similar. Like, I do think he would be slightly better. Obviously, the offense overall would be slightly better. But I don't think it'd be so much better to where, like, you're looking at this team as, like, a true contender. That's my thing. Evan. Do, yeah. How does play action work, brother? Well, play okay. Play action works better when you have a run game, but we talked about this last year. You know when people. I mean, he's wanted, a bootlegger. I and I'll say this: I'll say this. Tristan Worse. So they don't Tristan use Tristan Worse. Yeah, but if you're if you're rolling out more, if you're getting out of the pocket more, that's how you know Canal. Well, they don't. They don't should do be that. Using them, right? They, but they don't. But that's if not you have them. a well, you well you can't call a play action if you don't have a run game. Yes, you so can. Look, I'm not saying he's. I'm not saying he's going to be an all star, brother. So you haven't heard my argument. But what I am saying is, if if you're if you're 15th in the league, you can at least get stuff going, and you're not behind the chains on third down. 
right? Where it's obvious you're going to go to Mike Evans. Now you make a lot of good points, brother, but I do think that you be, you have to put down the glue when you're talking about Baker. And I do think that we draft somebody and give Baker a two year deal and then let him grow like Mahomes did. But yeah, we missed the mark on Trask. I but think maybe we trade up. I do so, think that's cons- all I'm saying. You guys are awesome, by the way. Appreciate it. Best show. Thank you. Thank you very much. Oh, oh, yeah, thank man. you. I appreciate all right. it. I'll, I'll let you go. All right. Yeah. Bye. Thank you. thank you for your call, man. Oh, oh that, that was a quick hitter there. I like that kind of call. He came in, made his point left. Didn't even tell us his name. Uh, but no, uh, we, it, we, just business. That's what he, yeah, he means. He was standing on business for sure, but we do appreciate you. You know, let me say this too, and then, and, and then we'll transition here and talk a little bit more about the salary cap situation the Bucks have, but consistency is important. You know, when you're building a football team, one thing the Bucks lacked for many, many years was consistency, and what they found in their roster that ultimately led Tom Brady to come here and, and save Jason Light's job was consistency. You know, you had to consistently build this team up through a core of young players that are obviously still on this team. A lot of these guys looking for long-term extensions if they're not already signed to one, but... I would argue that a lot of losing Bucks teams in the past, you know, it, it, it's been a revolving door at the quarterback position. You've been relying on a lot of free agent quarterbacks. And yes, Baker's another free agent quarterback, but a lot of things to be considered and a lot of potential improvement. If Todd Bowles sticks around and we get year two in a Dave Canales offense, I, I would hope to see improvement. And I think we will see improvement. I think Canales is going to be a good coordinator, whether it's in Tampa or not. We'll have to figure that out. But if you give Baker consistency and the Bucks prove they want to commit to him, I do think we see improvement year to year. But again, that obviously takes us back to the conversation we had 15 minutes ago about what his ceiling ultimately is going to be. And, and a lot of these things yet to be figured out. Hopefully we get a better idea of it after the final seven games of the season for Tampa Bay. But I wanted to talk to you about a rumor. And part of the conversation about Baker Mayfield is what his potential salary is going to be we know how difficult the salary cap has been for the Bucks to manage these past couple of off-seasons. They're certainly going to have their work cut out for them this year, but they'll also have a little bit more spending room. They're in a situation where they still have to pick and choose how they want to spend it. They're not just going to be able to re-sign everybody. We've come to that conclusion. But there is a rumor today that came out from Bleacher Report. It says, Mike Evans' rumors insiders believe Bucks will find a way to re-sign wide receiver to a new contract yeah no yeah this was actually this came out a few days ago i believe my mistake well tampa bay buccaneers wide receiver mike evans entered this season as an impending free agent after he and the bucks were unable to come to terms on a contract extension last year now evans looks primed for a big payday blah 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 43 catches 737 yards and six touchdowns through nine games there's sure to be interest but espn's jeremy fowler reported that a few league insiders believe tampa bay will find a way to re-sign evans quote He's basically a lock for 1,000 yards every season, and his downfield ability has held up well over 10 NFL seasons, Fowler wrote. He'll be 31 years old in August, but he reminds us of a Calais Campbell-type player. Only on offense, his body type will help him age well for a contender. Some people in the league, in the league believe the Bucks will find a way to re-sign Evans, allowing the franchise staple to retire in Tampa Bay. Mike Evans in the middle of his 10th NFL season, all with Tampa Bay, the four-time pro bowler has amassed at least 1,000 or more yards in his first nine seasons and is well on pace to go 10 for 10 in 2023. I'm going to be honest with you. With as big of a fan as I am of Mike Evans, I'd like to hear that the Bucks are going to potentially make it a priority to bring him back. 
I definitely don't think it's going to be for the money he is expecting, or at least was expecting at the beginning of the season. And I think part of that process is going to involve the Buccaneers letting him take a look at what other teams are willing to offer him. Because I don't know, even though he is, God forbid he stays healthy, even though he is a lock for a thousand yards this season and he's playing well, this is one of his more productive seasons he has had in a while. I, I, I don't know if, uh, you know, the crucial drops he's had so far this year are going to help him make that next level wide receiver money, which is what his agent was asking for before the season. Yeah. I, we talked about this obviously before the season and, you know, and everything like that. And, um, I, if I had to bet and I don't have any inside stuff on this, like, like Jerry Fowler does or anything like that, but it just, what I think, if I had to bet, I would say Mike Evans is probably back. I, I think they're going to find a way to bring him back on a two or three year deal. Um, probably three to make sure he retires in, in a Bucks uniform. I, I don't think he's going to play for that much longer. Like, I think he's even said that, like, he's not going to be playing for like forever. You know, like he's not going to be a guy who's playing at 37, 38 years old. So um, I think a three year deal makes sense to sort of ride out his career. I think he's going to come back. I think it's going to be a little bit over. I think it's going to be, it's it's going to be over 20, but I think it's going to be slightly under 25 a year. I think it's going to be around 23, maybe 23 and a half. I agree. Because like you said, like you said, I think the drops matter. Um, while he has had an insanely productive year thus far, right, and uh, he has had touchdowns and gonna get a thousand yards again, like he'll he'll break a thousand yards even before like the that last game is even played. Um, you know, he'll probably break a thousand yards within the next like four games or so here. Um, so while he'll do that. I do think, yeah, the drops matter in critical spots. I mean, we talk about um, against Philly, you know, that critical drop on third down. And then, uh, you know, he had the drop in the end zone there. And then he had the drop against Tennessee in the end zone. And luckily he was able to redeem himself there with a touchdown. But, yeah, that's not the types of plays that receivers make and $30 million a year make. You know, those guys catch those passes. And uh, at the same time, man, he's (laughs) – 31 he's gonna be 30 like i don't know how many teams are gonna be lining up well he has been pretty durable right like it's not like he's had minor injuries and missed you know missed time for minor stuff but um while he's been pretty durable uh, at the same time he's gonna be 30 plus i just don't know how many teams are gonna be lining up for that and actually you know scott reynolds pew report actually brought up something in his two-point conversion article that he wrote and said like Okay, if the Bears are sitting there and they offer Mike Evans three million dollars a year more than the Bucks do, I I would guess he probably just comes back to Tampa. Like, you know, he he wants to win, right? But he wants to get paid and probably paid by a contender. If no contenders are offering him that, like, if you know if the Chiefs aren't calling, you know, they will probably be in the wide receiver market. Like, if the Chiefs aren't calling, if Whoever it may be, if the Jaguars aren't calling or, or any team that might need a wide receiver um, that's a contender, you know, the Ravens or anybody like that, if these teams aren't calling, I, I don't know if, if he's going to be inclined to just make like a kind of a lateral move. Um, so I, I do think ultimately he's probably going to stay in Tampa Bay. Um, 
We'll have to wait and see. I do think he's going to hit free agency. Like, I do think that's going to happen. So I think Bucks fans are going to be pretty stressed out for a few days there. Uh, because I think just like Levante David did, just like Jamel Dean did, just like Carlton Davis did, uh, I think the Bucks are, yeah, they're going to let him hit free agency. Shaq Barrett did it. Chris Godwin did it. So, uh, yeah, they're going to let him hit free agency, I believe, and we'll see what happens. But uh, I, I think... Nothing's guaranteed, of course. Um, I, I think Mike Evans is going to be back, though, regardless of. I think I wanted to mention this earlier. This will be the, the last Baker note um, of the show. But I, I think if Todd Bowles isn't back, if if he gets fired, which I think if they miss the playoffs, I think it could happen. Um, I think it's a higher percentage chance than you do. Uh, but if Todd Bowles gets fired, I think there's like zero percent chance that Baker Mayfield's back. I just I would be shocked. I, I think it Bowles, really does. If, if if Baker's back but Bowles isn't, I would be shocked um, if that were the case. But in terms of Evans, I think it's not going to matter who the head coach is. I think Mike Evans will probably be in Tampa Bay next year. I think it really does hurt Baker's chances as well. We talked about that more at length on Sunday, but the context of Todd Bowles coming back or not is going to matter because if Todd Bowles is fired. The Bucs missed the playoffs. They have a bad record, potentially a top 10 pick. That's even more inclination for that new head coach and even Jason Light to really take a look at that quarterback board and, and, and make a big swing at what could be their next quarterback for the next uh, 10 or 15 years. We're going to take this call really quick. Caller, you're on the Can of Fire podcast. What's your name? Well, they want to spend it. Yeah. You come to that conclusion. But there is a rumor today. Cynthia Roach, can you hear me? Yes, I can, but I can hear myself in the background. Are you able to turn down your TV by chance? Oh, I'm sorry. Hang on. I'll take you off the speaker. Um, Cynthia Roach. Hey, Cynthia, how are you doing? I'm doing good. How are you? Not too bad. We were just talking about Baker Mayfield and some other things going on with the Bucks. What's on your mind? Um, uh, Baker Mayfield. I got a few things to say in in his defense. All right, let's hear it. Um, well, um, seeing as he's been on four different teams in about a year, and um, everybody expect, expects him to be like Brady, nobody's going to be like Brady. However, Baker Mayfield is should be resigned for several years and get a contract, regardless of his coaches. We don't want to go in that direction. That's a whole other subject. However, Baker Mayfield himself is the quarterback that they should keep. That's my opinion. What kind of what what kind of upside do you think he has? You know, we we look at that one career season he had in Cleveland where he took the Browns to the playoffs, but for the Bucks this year He's been playing well, but do you think he's the type of guy who can take this offense to the next level? I do. Fair enough. Yes. All right, right, Cynthia. Well, it was good talking to you, and we appreciate your input. Thanks for listening. Okay, thank you. Awesome. Great call, Cynthia. That may be our final call today as well. Man, it's freaking like it's Evan versus the Baker Mayfield fan club today, I guess. Jeez. You, tr- you triggered him. No, I, 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 I look like I'm not saying that Baker Mayfield is a bad quarterback. Like I, I don't like, I'm not one of those guys that thinks like, Oh, he's one of the worst stars in the league. That's why I like, I didn't like a lot of people had the bucks winning three games this year. Like I didn't only well, we had one in six, but still, I, I, I still, you know, 
I, I didn't have them as the worst team because I was like, yeah, Baker's like, and, and I even said for the offseason, I was like, Baker Mayfield is the team's best option to sign. And they signed him. So, like, I'm not sitting here trying to, like, hate on Baker Mayfield or anything. It's just, to me, I always look at it as when I'm looking at my starting quarterback, can that guy win me a playoff game? If the answer is no, I got to find the guy who can. And I just, right now, I don't think Baker Mayfield can. Like, I just, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to be blunt. Like, I just, you know, th- th- they've lost to... They they've lost to every good team that they've played, um, and then they they lost to the mediocre Falcons. And if the Vikings don't have three turnovers in the first half, they lose to Minnesota Week One too. Like you know, the Bucks played a fine, solid game. The offense was pretty good in Minnesota, right? No turnovers. Baker Mayfield played a clean game, um, and obviously made some clutch plays down the stretch. That being said, Minnesota helped them out by turning the ball over three times, including, I believe, twice or maybe all three times being in the red zone. So uh, Minnesota definitely helped them. And if they don't, even if they eliminate one of those turnovers, I think they probably beat the Bucks. So, and then you're looking at right now, they're three and seven, and we're talking about a completely different thing right now. So, um, just to me, your ceiling as a team and as an offense is just limited with Baker. That's that's all I'm saying. And I can also understand in your argument the what's the word I'm looking for. The also, how do we get back to this now? I said like, we were, I, I we were done with it, Baker. Listen, we're, it just comes right back around. We're gonna put a bow on it here soon. Don't worry. But I can understand the desire and the want to take a chance on a rookie quarterback as well, because that's what the bucks are going to do. If Baker's not back in Tampa, you know, if this roster was better, maybe you could take a flyer on another free agent. And maybe that's what the bucks ultimately end up doing. Maybe Kirk cousins is the quarterback week one of next season. You really don't know until free agency happens, but you know, if this roster was better, then I can understand the inclination to go after another free agent quarterback because the Bucs have won like that before. But you also brought up how there you don't get that many chances to draft a guy. And the Bucs have not been in a situation to draft the guy since they had the number one overall pick in 2015. Now, we ultimately don't know how the season is going to play out, but the Bucs are already four and six. They're not going to be picking 32nd. And I don't think they're going to be picking much farther than, what, 16? So well, if, if if they make the if they make the playoffs, the highest they can pick is 19 because they made the playoffs last year, got bounced in the wild card, and they picked 19. So let's say they make the playoffs, they're picking 19 or 20, and and you're not you're probably not getting a quarterback at that rate. So if they make the playoffs, we talk about Todd Bowles potentially sticking around, and then Baker Mayfield potentially sticking around because, in my personal opinion, I said this on Sunday, I believe it again. If Todd Bowles sticks around, I think Baker Mayfield does because consistency for this offense is the one thing that they need most right now. But the desire and the appeal of taking a swing on that young quarterback, it does not come around very often. And if this disappointing Bucks team continues to disappoint, then they could absolutely be in prime position to take a look at that quarterback board on a deep quarterback class. The only other years that they have you know, potentially been in a situation to even consider taking a quarterback, the classes have kind of sucked. And, and yeah, you like, know, wait, time like has last proven year, that. Last year, the best quarterback available when they were picking a 19th was Will Levis. Will Levis would be like my QB5. Like, like, right, like that's how good this quarterback class is. And that's another thing. You talk about 
the rare opportunities. Oh, you can get one next year. If well, if Baker, if you sign Baker and he sucks, you'll you'll have a high pick next year and get one. How do you know? Like a high pick can mean seventh overall. Like, are you getting should like if Shador Sanders goes out and has a great year, you're not getting him at seventh overall unless you're moving up. You know, Drew Aller for, from Penn State. I'm a little biased, but I think Drew Aller is, could be uh, a top quarterback next year. Or there's rumors that Quinn Ewers from Texas could probably go back to school. Quinn Ewers could be a top guy. If you're picking seventh, eighth overall, who's to say that those guys are even available then? Like, I just, I just think this quarterback class, this is the best. Since I've been covering like the NFL and Bucks and drafts and stuff, this is the best quarterback class I've ever seen. And I just think they have to take advantage of that. And I think it would be a big mistake if they're picking that high, if they're picking 9, 10, 11, and they don't. I just think it would be a big mistake. Yeah, the last thing you want, and I mean, C.J. Stroud, a top five pick, but the last thing you want is a year from now to be a four and six football team saddled up to either Baker Mayfield or another free agent stop got yeah, quarterback. And, and, and the NFC South, South might be in the same exact spot. You might be in the same exact spot. Yeah, but the last thing you're, you're you want, not, you're not good enough. You're not good. Sorry, you're, you're, you're not good enough to to make really any noise in the playoffs. But you're also not bad enough to get that top five pick. And that's the worst spot to be in. Yeah, you, you don't want to be in the same situation you are now a year from now and also realize that, oh, we missed the boat on the guy that we could have drafted with pick number nine overall. So uh, that's all we have to say about that. I want to put a bow on it by covering the free agent list for the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. This kind of ties us back into the Mike Evans conversation and with re-signing Baker Mayfield, the conversation of what his salary is ultimately going to be because the Bucks have some decisions to make. Mike Evans at the top of that free agent list, Devin White right behind him, Levante David, both of the linebackers potentially hitting the free agent market, Baker Mayfield on the list, Greg Gaines, William Golston, Antoine Winfield Jr., Ryan Neal, Chase Edmonds, Aaron Stinney, your boy Keyshawn Vaughn, Cam Gill, Dee Delaney, Nick Leverett, David Wells, Devin Tompkins, and Brandon Walton. Now, not the stacked list that it has been in seasons past, but you do look at names like Antoine Winfield Jr., who is set to break the safety market, and Devin White, who at the beginning of the season was asking for a hell of a lot more money than I think he will ultimately get paid. The Bucs are left in a situation where if they make Mike Evans getting paid a priority at $23, $24 million a year, you look at the rest of this list, you may have to make an uneasy cut or two. Uh, who do you think, since the season has started, who do you think has shifted on the Tampa Bay Buccaneers priority list of these names that I just listed? And I can I can probably guess your first one. Well, I mean, Devin White's definitely going down. Yeah. But I, do you think, it, it, I, I guess let's just talk about Devin White. Do you think the Bucks make it a priority to re-sign Devin White? I don't think Devin White's back next year. I just... I, I don't think he's going to be in Tampa next year. So um, I don't know what they're going to do at linebacker, but I I don't think it's going to involve Devin White. So um, I just, yeah, I, I, I don't think. I think that's that relationship, I think, is a little sour. And I think mixed with his play this year and how he's responded, uh, I, I don't I, I don't foresee uh, him being back. But um, as far as priorities go, and I think I've said this a few weeks ago, I think Anton Winfield should and might be their top priority in free agency. Like yeah, I really he, do. He has to be. Um, like I, I, like I think it could be. Um, 
you know, I, I, I well, if okay, Zach Jarvis says is Todd, if Todd Bowles is back, do you think Devin White is back? No, I, I don't think it matters. I just, I, I think the front office is is done. Like, I think the front office is just done with him. Um, I think, and I think if they had to choose one or the other between Devin White, and Levante, David, who do you think they're choosing? Like, you know, so I think Anton Winfield is uh, their top priority. I do not expect Anton Winfield to go anywhere. If they cannot get a long term deal done, I expect the franchise tag. Uh, Mike Evans, I think they'd like to avoid the franchise tag with him, especially since, you know, like he has really wanted a, a contract. So I think they'd like to reward him with a contract. Um, but yeah, I mean, we talk about, you know, the, yeah, the cap space that they'll have. And right now, like, according to over the cap, I think they're rejected to have like 62 million or so. And that's before anybody's cut. So like Russell Gage is probably going to be cut. That's before anybody's restructured. Um, so you'll save a few million there. But, you know, hey, it's a lot of money, but you got to pay a lot of guys. So, um, you know, like I said, Anton Winfield ain't going to come cheap. Mike Evans ain't going to come cheap. Levante David, even if he signed just a one-year deal, probably won't be cheap. Might actually get a raise because I think his 2023 has been better than his 2022 was. Um, so we'll have to wait and see there. I just don't know. Like, I just don't know if Devin White is is in their plans. So I, I think it's going to be interesting to see how they go about replacing him. There is really no first-round pick that they can use a linebacker on. Like, there really isn't. Uh, so I, I don't know whether that be in the draft or in free agency, but I, I don't think I don't think Devin White's going to be back next year. Is Shaq Barrett another name that the Bucks move on from? Oh, that's a tough one. I, I They could. Um, I, I definitely think they could. It'd be a tough one because I think he's like beloved in that locker room. And, yeah. Um, you know, with everything he's been through and he's restructured his contract multiple times. And he was, you know, he's one of the best free agent signings in franchise history. Um, like he's definitely, he's up there, uh, for signing a one year, $4 million deal and then <laughs> turning out what it turned out to be. Um, you know, it, it, one of the best signings, um, you know, in, in franchise history, but, um, I, yeah, I I don't know. I, I, I really don't know. Uh, Adam Davies says JTS and Hall might be gone. They're both not doing it. I'd be shocked. Um, I mean, you're, you're talking about even if you have them for depth, they're still you, in their rookie contracts. That's cheap depth. Yeah. Um, yeah, they're they're not. They're not. I mean, like I said, I think Joe Trinshawinka is going to have his fifth-year option declined. Um, they will not be accepting his fifth-year option. So, this upcoming year four will be a contract year for him, but Logan Hall is still only the second year in the league. Like they got two more years on that contract. Um, they're going to take the, the, the cheap depth all day. Um, yeah, we'll see. I don't know about Shaq. Like I, you want to talk about the corners, like Jamel Dean's locked in, just signed that deal. But I don't know about Carlton Davis. There's a lot of questions. There really is. And talk about extensions. Like I think they might, want to get worse extended um, before the season starts. So we'll have to wait and see. But I mean, there's, like I said, they have a lot of money, but also they are going to need a laundry list of things to replace. So it's not going to be like, Oh, let's go out and get this guy, this guy, and this guy. No, like it's not like, I think they'll be active in free agency. And I think you might see them maybe sign a big contract in free agency, but you're not going to see them be touted as the free agency winners for signing three of the top 15 players on the market, just because they need to focus on retaining their own guys. And then supple- and also Baker Mayfield depends on a lot of this. Yeah. If, if you decide to give Baker Mayfield a contract that eats into your cap as well. So um, we'll see what, how active they really are. 
Yeah, I, I agree. Um, you know, going back to what you had talked about with Devin White, my prediction is this. I, I think he's going to be a direct casualty of the Mike Evans contract. You know, a, a big objective of the offseason, as it has been the past couple of years for the Bucks. you know, the big money this upcoming offseason is going to be spent on bringing their guys back. You know, Mike Evans is probably going to be the biggest contract they sign unless it's Antoine Winfield Jr. or Tristan Wirfs getting that extension. But I think those are their three priorities. If Tristan Wirfs doesn't get the extension this offseason, they still have time. But Mike Evans, Tristan Wirfs, Antoine Winfield Jr. I would argue... I would argue Antoine Winfield Jr., number one, Mike Evans, number two, and then Levante David, you know, some of the more pressing free agents, number three, and then they can fit that Tristan Wirfs extension in wherever. But I I think Devin White moving on and the Bucs really not having to worry about picking up that contract is going to uh, allow them to re-sign and make a move on on Mike Evans, whatever that may end up being. But it's going to be honest. Go ahead. if, If you want me honest, like, depending on how the season wraps up, I would almost rank Baker Mayfield as a higher priority than Devin White. Like I just, yeah, I'm, like I said, I I'm I'm done with him. I think the front office is done with him. I would be very surprised if he if he was back. And honestly, if the Bucks were out of it at the trade deadline come week eight, like let's say they had lost that game to Minnesota, he would have say like they lost. Let, then let's say yeah, they lost to New Orleans and we're sitting there and we're like two and six or whatever. I think Devin White would have been shipped out. Like yeah. I, I think they would have traded him. Like I, I just, I, I think they're done. Yeah, it's going to be interesting how this roster shakes out. But from a team building perspective, this is this is what you love talking about the game for. I mean, we've been here before with the Buccaneers, not starting from the ground up, but, you know, we are looking ahead to what this roster is going to look like for potential seasons to come and locking down part of your core and guys like Antoine Winfield Jr., Tristan Wirfs, and even Mike Evans for the potential next two or three seasons. uh, They're all going to matter. So that's just about going to do it for today's episode of the Cannon Fire podcast. Thank you to everybody who called in and everybody who watched the show live with us over on YouTube in the live chat. Shout out to the moderator, Willie Beeman, and Adam Davies holding it down from Bucks UK. And everyone else who chimed in, our buddy Frank G, Zach Jarvis, Douglas France in San Antogato, Clack 5 White, and anybody else that I may have missed. I know there's a couple of them. We do appreciate you guys always checking us out. Follow the show on social media, Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. All of those are Cannon Fire Podcast. Best place to go for updates on the show. And of course, Buccaneer News as it happens. Speaking of Bucks News as it happens, you can follow my co-host Evan on Instagram at Bucks underscore daily. You can also find him on Twitter at EvanNFL. And check out his written work at Bucks Nation. Also, Evan, we can officially, unofficially announce that uh, people can expect some more video content from you here on the Cannon Fire Podcast YouTube channel. And yesterday was the premiere of your new Studs and Duds series. That's what I'm told. That 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 is what I'm told. So, yeah, go ahead and uh, check that out. Um, obviously, yeah, check out the shows. But also, yeah, check out the the little, the little content that we're doing there. So it's not going to be anything too long. going to be probably you know 10 minutes and under e- each video. So it's not going to be like a full podcast. Just some little quick hits. And, uh, yeah, we don't just have Studs and Duds coming out. We'll have some other stuff as well throughout the week. Uh, but we're going to be doing that for the rest of the regular season. And then we'll see, you know, where the offseason takes us. But, um, yeah, excited to, to be doing a little bit something different. We've never really done that before. We've experimented with it a little bit. But 
this is the first time we're having you know, a set schedule with it. So keep an eye out. The next video, we're recording this episode on Tuesday. If you're not listening to this live, uh, the next video will be out Wednesday. So if you're listening to this on Wednesday, there's a decent chance that that video is already live. So whatever that video may be, uh, go ahead and check that out. And uh, thanks for the support. Last but not least, you can find myself, Instagram and Twitter slash X at Redicus, R-H-E-T-T-A-K-U-S. If you follow me, I will follow you back. The next time we talk to you live here on the podcast, it'll be Friday. We will be joined by Derek Larger of the Bring the Juice Colts podcast, breaking down everything going on with their team. I'm sure that they are in shambles after releasing uh, former All-Pro linebacker Shaquille Leonard seemingly out of nowhere today, so... That'll definitely be a heavy topic of discussion on Friday's show. But have a great Thanksgiving, ladies and gentlemen. Spend some time with your loved ones, and we will check in with you soon with some more Tampa Bay Buccaneer news. I'm your host, Rip Matthew, signing off for my co-host, Evan Wanish. We'll talk to you in the next one. Until then, and as always, thank you for listening, and go Bucks. Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube. You know when you're listening to a true crime story that has an unbelievable plot twist that makes you stop in your tracks? That's what our podcast, People Are the Worst, brings you with each episode. I'm Rachel. And I'm Rebecca. We're identical twins who love true crime cases that make you say, didn't see that coming, and we hate the people responsible for them. Listen to People Are the Worst now on Apple, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts.